0: This is Reverend Charles Fenson. I'm the interim pastor at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa, California. This is the morning worship service. Our address is 2850 Fairview Road, Costa Mesa, California, 92626. Our website is pccov.org. And our Facebook page is pccov. And our email is info@pccov.org. We welcome you to this service. Our vision statement is that the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant is a Christ-centered community, set free by grace and placed in our neighborhoods to serve and to invite all people into a wondrous relationship with God. God bless you as you worship with us. Good morning, people of God. Good morning, friends in Christ. Welcome to worship. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant here in Costa Mesa. Congratulations on just being here. Some of us had to go through the Orange County Marathon, but, but we are here and we are hopeful and we are happy. Are there visitors here with us that we may welcome and introduce? Anyone new or strange or just strange in general? Please sign the friendship books. We might have record of your worship. We might greet you by name. All of our Bible studies, men and women's Bible studies meet this week. This afternoon, I'm down in El Segundo for a memorial service for my brother John the Baptist who served First Baptist Church in El Segundo for 27 years. So we bless that service. That will be a full day. And uh, we uh, covet your prayers. Today is the first Sunday of the month, Potluck Sunday. We have plenty of salad, lots of soup and salad. If you've forgotten your lunch today, no problem, lots and lots will be over in Fellowship Hall. We are collecting for our Christmas child this year toys um, in the month of May. So bring your toys for the Christmas child. Uh, Cornell is back from Europe and we welcome him back. Cornell, uh, please give us an update on your mom.
1: Uh, By God's grace, my my mother is uh, not out of the woods, but it's much better than when I arrived there. She was doing very, very bad. I think I probably had a little bit of a role in raising her a little up. Mm. And and many things happened, and the medical professionals moved as fast as possible to find problems, the diagnosis, and all this. And biggest of all, which was almost impossible in my country, a 24-7 caregiver was found. So my mother is... Under care now, I do have relatives which are taking care of the business uh, of the home, so my mother is doing good, thank you for your prayers, today you. I send them every step of the way, thank you,
0: thank you, Cornell, thank you for being a good son, and, uh, and welcome home, where is the PNC, where is the pastor nominating committee? They're at a neutral pulpit listening to a candidate for our church. We are down to our final three, so it's very, very exciting. So last Tuesday night at session, I announced that I will be leaving you at the end of June. June 30th will be my last day. And if we have not a new minister in place for a month or two, then Sharon is our bridge pastor again. (laughs) Thank you, Sharon, for that. So we'll be having Sharon for the month of July and maybe August. New pastor to start here. uh, September 1, uh, God willing. Um, I will not be selling my sermons on the corner of Fairview (laughs) and Adams. Um, I will be finishing 20 months here as your interim pastor and then off to the First Presbyterian Church of... Santa Barbara. So I'm up I'm up the coast, just up the coast. Taking all these sermons that you've heard for the last 20 months and preaching them up there. Please stand and greet your neighbor in Christ, say hello, please.
2: Good morning. If we could please take our seats. We are ready to begin worship. Please stand for the call to worship this morning. Call on the name of the Lord in praise. Make known God's deeds among the nations. Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. Please pray with me. Almighty God, through your only Son, you overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life. Grant that we who celebrate our Lord's resurrection, may, through the renewing of your spirit, arise from the death of sin to the life of righteousness. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And let us continue with our hymn of praise.
0: seated. And may we have all the boys and girls, students, young at heart, come on up. Take a seat on these top steps so we can see you. Welcome. Welcome all. So today we have a potluck lunch which means that we bring food, even if we haven't brought food. Raise your hand if you forgot to bring food. (laughs) Welcome all, welcome all. Did you forget to bring the bread and the cup today too? Welcome all, welcome all. In fact... Boys and girls, you're going to come back between the bread and the cup and receive a blessing. So when you come back in, have your hands out like this and Pastor Sharon and I will bless you. We'll say, God bless you. When we get together with family and friends, what do we do? eat we eat Jesus got together with his friends and he said come and eat By the sea of Galilee and he had what for breakfast with them fish, fish. you ever have fish for breakfast no ever have fish for breakfast Yes. Who's from Washington State? Oh, yes, you have fish all the time. Fish for breakfast. In fact, just before Jesus invited His disciples for fish breakfast, they were fishing all night and they caught nothing. So He called out from the shore and He said, Little children... Throw your net to the other side and you'll find some fish. Now, why do you think Jesus said that? Throw your net to the other side? Do you think he was sort of having some fun? Do you think Jesus had a sense of humor? I think so. So, easier for a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a wealthy person to enter the kingdom of God. That's pretty humorous. Oh, throw your nets on the other side of the boat and you'll catch some. And I think they caught 153. So, are you ready for the joke jar? Sure. Who wants to take the first joke out of the joke jar? We'll take three jokes out this week. One. No, I'm not trusting you with taking anything out. Of it. <laughs> Two. Three. Okay, three jokes today. Big, loud voice. Open your joke up, please. The humorous Jesus. Yes, a loud voice, please. What's a bee that can't make up his mind? Okay, what? A maybe. A maybe. <laughs> Pretty good. All right. Who's got the next one? Yes.
3: What did the horse say when it fell?
0: What did the horse say when it fell? I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> you can use these. Last joke. Oh, here we are. (laughs) Why did the golfer wear two pairs of pants? in case he got a hole in one. (laughs) Very good, very good. So remember the humorous Jesus, fish on the other side of the boat, and you'll catch some, how many? 153. Oh, let's fold our hands and bow our heads. Gracious God, we thank you for the humorous Christ that played and laughed and had joy with his friends. As we come to this table of grace, may we come again with joy and with blessing through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, we'll see you back for your blessing in a few minutes. Off you go. Off you go. We have a moment for women's retreat now. Kathy, are you? Come on up. Do I just use my laptop? No, no, come, come to the pulpit, please. <laughs> Thank you.
4: Um... Good morning. Uh, My name is Kathy Farless, and I am the acting team lead for women's ministry team. As you watch the slideshow of pictures on the screen, I would like to tell you a little about our recent retreat. We have many adult ministries here at PCC. Besides uh, Presbyterian Women and Thursday Morning Bible Study, there is the women's ministry team. Several years ago, a group of women wanted to make sure a women's retreat would be planned and secured each year. One goal was to retreat to a different environment from our busy city lives, to be in touch with God's creation, and to be refreshed with his love for us and his beauty. From the pictures, you can see our attendees, at least at last weekend's retreat, had many different opportunities to interact with God's first missionary nature. From our tour of the Luther Glen farm and animals to uh, the Oak Glen Nature Preserve, we felt and breathed in God's blessings all around us. The mountains above Yukaipa. Right here in Southern California was our weekend getaway. Another goal of retreat is fellowship. From the smiles in these pictures, you know there were good times in getting to know each other better. We shared five meals together with conversations our busy lives don't always allow us to have. We lifted each other up in song and laughter. However, The number one goal of retreat is to have time to be in the Word. Usually the team looks for a speaker that leads in a spiritual discovery of God's love and purpose. This year the team changed it up with a curriculum called Cozy Mountain Lodge. The worship and sessions were led by the women attendees. As we dug deep into the book of Ruth, We were nourished by God's redeeming love. We could feel God's love pursuing us. We praised God and set him to be first in our lives. I personally came home inspired by the retreat experience. I'm sure our attendees among us today would share with you even more about retreat. Uh, we uh, We want to thank our session for their approval of our retreat, and we uh, thank all of you who supported our team fundraiser, Mixes in a Jar, last fall. Without the whole church, these and other important faith journey activities would not happen. Thank you.
1: Some time, as we do every Sunday, just stilling our minds and refocusing our attention on what really matters. I've heard a thousand stories of what they you think you're like, but I. sing their Creator blessed and worship Him in humbleness Oh, praise Him Alleluia Praise, praise the Father
2: how great is the God that we worship, and the proof of his amazing love is this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us, and because we have faith in him, we dare to approach the throne of God in confidence. In faith and in penitence, let us confess our sins against God and one another together. Almighty God, in raising Jesus from the grave, You shattered the power of sin and death. We confess that we remain captive to doubt and fear, bound by the ways that lead to death. We overlook the poor and the hungry and pass by those who mourn. We are deaf to the cries of the oppressed and indifferent to the calls for peace. We despise the weak and abate the earth you made. Forgive us, God of mercy. Help us to trust your power to change our lives and make us new, that we may know the joy of life abundant given in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ, and Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone and the new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Amen.
0: Scripture this morning is taken from John chapter 21. Let us listen for God's word to us. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them, And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. The word of the Lord. Shall we pray? O oh God, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing to you. We pray and worship and listen now through Christ our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. My grandfather was born in Buda, B.O. Umlaut, D.A., Norway, a small fjord village just north of the Arctic Circle. My grandfather's family, like many in those Norwegian settlements, his family was in the fishing trade, so young Stainer Casper Svensson grew up enjoying the arduous work and restful pastime of catching fish. Stainer met the love of his life, my grandmother Hilda Marie Jonsen, on the boat sailing for the New World in 1911 through Ellis Island. They married and settled in Elgin, Illinois, to the west of Chicago, raised seven lively children under the old Elgin watch factory. Interestingly and sadly, from the age of 12, my grandfather was stone deaf. Learning to speak English, having never heard it, Hilda taught him. But as many immigrants of his day, he overcame his challenge and developed a livelihood. My grandfather was a shoe repairman, excellent craftsman, hard worker. But in the long, warm, Elgin summer afternoons when business was slow, Stainer would close the shoe shop, hang a sign from the door, walk with his rod and tackle in hand, tiptoeing past Hilda's omnipresent eyes and sink his line into the lazy Fox River. We know what the sign said on the shoe shop window. Gone fishing. The disciples might just as well have hung out a sign, gone fishing. It was Simon Peter several days after Easter announced, I'm going fishing, not fishing in Judea, no place there, but back north to Galilee, back to his old trade, the business he knew long before he ever met Jesus, almost as if he had never become a disciple. And maybe to Peter's surprise, Thomas, Nathaniel, James, John, and two other disciples said, we're going with you. So they traveled up the 75 miles from Jerusalem up to Tiberias to the Sea of Galilee, got into the boat, maybe the same boat they had three years earlier, and in the quiet evening pulled offshore, lay down their nets, and they waited and waited and waited. The hours seemed like days. The seven disciples fished all night. Usually a pretty good time to catch fish. But they caught nothing. Early the next morning, a stranger, the writer John tells us, stood on the shore. It was just dawning, hard to see, clearly the boat about a hundred yards off, about a football field away. And the stranger broke the early morning silence. Children, have you caught anything? That is not a good question to ask at that time. So they answered begrudgingly, "No." Well, then throw your nets to the other side of the boat. What did he say? I think he said, "Throw your nets to the other side." What a silly thing to do! So maybe you met the bewildering conversation in the boat. Well, no harm trying. So they flung their nets to the boats opposite bow, and ran right into a school of fish. So many fish, so quickly. The disciples began to scramble with their nets. The catch was tremendous. Six disciples worked feverishly, but one teenager, John, looked back to the beach. Who was this voice? And in a moment turned to Peter and whispered, It is the Lord. And probably... I imagine, shouted for the second time, it is the Lord. And Peter squinted in that early sunlight and saw the Savior immediately wrapped an outer garment about him and dove into the sea. And while Peter swam ashore, the rest barely managed to pull in the heavy nets. Fish, fish everywhere, jumping, wriggling, splashing fish. And Jesus began... A campfire. Fresh fish for breakfast. Bring some of that catch up here. So they did. And in all their catch, 153, their nets were not torn. Jesus said to the seven, Come, have breakfast now. No one asked him who he was. They knew who he was. This was Jesus who gave them bread and fish. Two Sunday evenings in the upper room with the 10 and then the 11, Thomas, and now Galilee. This made the third time our Lord had appeared to the disciples after the resurrection. The story given to us only by John's gospel is really a happy one. It's really about gone fishing. But I want us to notice three people in this story, three biblical characters in a crisis situation. They are people who began in a surprising way that morning in Galilee, but were later wonderfully changed. Look, first of all, with me at the disciples. We can call them the disenchanted disciples. These disciples were disenchanted because their master, who had said he was coming to Galilee, had not arrived. Where was Jesus now? Maybe the first two appearances were just their vivid imaginations. Maybe the resurrection was just a tale, a tall tale. So now they were back to the thing they knew best, fishing. Disenchanted disciples, but then they met Jesus again. And within days, these same apostles were back in Jerusalem and they were transformed. They were no longer frightened. They were bold, no longer uncertain. They preached Christ with power, no longer fishing for fish but fishing for women and men and boys and girls. And this gives us hope that when we are scared or sad, when we are failing, when we have lost our way, Jesus comes to us as He did to His disenchanted disciples and He calls us lads. Literally the plural boy from where we get our word pediatrics. Children. It's an endearing parental name, My little children, my little girls and boys, have you caught anything? Maybe there are some here in the sanctuary who are disenchanted disciples, disenchanted with our world, high hopes for a peaceful and just settlement in Israel, Palestine, Iraq, Afghanistan, Korea, Today, military presence everywhere. Or you had high hopes for your health. What we were, even five years ago, no longer today. Jesus comes to you with the floor of our plans for our world, our health, our church, like an old carnival ride that floor drops out from under us. And Jesus stands at the shore and calls out, children, have you caught anything? And instead of barking back, how can I catch anything? North Africa is in a mess. Our cities have crime. I'm not in the health I was. How long will I be in this boat anyway? Instead of all that, John, the Gospel writer, tells us to drop our plans and listen to the Master. Jesus gently whispers into our disenchanted hearts, children, have you caught anything? Rich news that God is our loving parent protecting us, that Christ is our dearest friend, forgiving our past, redirecting our future, the Spirit renewing our power to teach us how to catch fish on the other side of the boat. And the question we ask ourselves is, Church, are you listening? Notice another... We'll go back. Notice another character in this story. Notice Jesus. Let's call him the jesting Jesus, the humorous Christ, Imagine fishing all night, no catch, you're tired, you smell like fish. And a total stranger calls out, throw your nets on the other side of the boat. Really? Really? What's he talking about? And if you do, you'll catch what? Some. 153. The nets could not even be drawn aboard. The jesting Jesus, but the Jesus of humor after Pentecost becomes the Jesus of earnest You see, the Spirit came to give the apostles too a heart of concern. That's what Jesus gives to us when we take those around us into our hearts with earnest. When we listen and wrestle and care with those whom Jesus has surrounded us at work, at home, we have been given the spirit of earnest as well. The jesting Jesus, He did have a sense of humor. Later, the spirit of a serious concern. It's a care for the world. It's to care for our neighbor next door to us. I commend you a third character, and that's Peter. Do we have a picture of Peter? Is that Peter? That's Peter. Let's call him Predictable Peter. How predictable Peter dives headlong into the sea only to arrive at Jesus' feet without a thing to say. But Jesus turned his predictability into surprise, and the surprise of Peter's life was his death. The last thing predictable Peter would have done would be to give up his life for the Gospel. We know that by his denials. But Jesus changed him into the surprising Peter. And the surprise of our Christian faith is that giving our lives away we do not lose, but we gain. Giving our lives away, we do not lose, but we gain. We as believers at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa understand one thing from John 21, and that is to give away is to gain. Peter could have taken the safe bet. He could have stayed with the catch of the day, but he didn't. He dove overboard and swam back to Christ. Are you a predictable Peter? Is God giving us new waters in which to swim? So this afternoon, I will be going to um, El Segundo, First Baptist Church in El Segundo, and we will uh, be giving God the glory for um, my brother John the Baptist's life. And... uh, I think that John would have said, and I'm going to use the text, um, a prince has fallen in Israel from 2 Samuel 3. And he would be the last person to say that a prince has fallen in Israel. He would say, God, be the glory. God, be the glory. So may God, our creator, And Christ, our Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, our Sanctifier, give us hearts of hope and lives of glory to God. Amen. We have heard the good news preached to us that God loves us in Christ, and we turn to our neighbor and love one another. We express that love of Christ to us through our morning tithes and offerings and our ushers will please wait upon us. be seated. Jesus appeared to his disciples on the road to Emmaus on that resurrection Sunday afternoon and to the women. And uh, Christ invites us from north and south and east and west to share at this table of grace. We remind you that when the bread comes to you, you partake of the bread, symbolizing your personal commitment to God, and then when the cup comes to you, hold that cup and we'll share that cup together, reminding us that we are in community.
5: Would you pray with me? You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, whom you sent to save us. He came with healing in his hands and was wounded for our sins. He came with mercy in his voice and was mocked as one despised. He came with peace in his heart and met with violence and death. By your power, he broke free from the prison of the tomb and at his command, the gates of hell were opened. The one who was dead now lives. The one who humbled himself is raised to rule over all creation, the lamb upon the throne. The one ascended on high is with us always, as he promised. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, that we may be one with all who share this feast, united in ministry in every place. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. Nourished at this table, O God, we, may we know Christ's redemptive love and live a new life in him. Help us who recognize our Lord in the breaking of the bread to see and serve him in all whose lives are broken. Give us who are fed at his hand grace to share our bread with the hungry and with the hungry of heart. Mm -hmm. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. Through Christ, all glory and honor are yours, Almighty Father, with the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Church, now and forever. Amen. Amen. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord gathered with his followers, and he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, and each time you do, do so in remembrance of me. And we say now to you, take, eat in remembrance. For those who eat this bread will never go hungry.
0: that would like to come forward for a blessing. Come on up, children. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he blessed the cup and he said to his friends, this is the cup of the new covenant, the new promise in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of sins. The Apostle Paul writes, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Of Christ shed for us all. All of you, drink. Shall we pray? Gracious God, you have fed us this day with the bread of life and the cup of salvation. Empower us to be your faithful disciples in the world in this week through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us rise, if we are able, and sing our hymn of commitment. I love to tell the story. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one this day, this night, in this season of Eastertide, and forevermore. Amen.
3: Amen.
1: Our Father.
0: This is Pastor Charles Fenson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.